0: Have you ever met one of those people who just can't be stopped? It's like they're unstoppable. Yeah, I have. Me too. What's their mystique? Nothing stops these people. Don't stop. Welcome to Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso. You're about to meet some of the most amazing people. They've accomplished their goals despite insurmountable odds. They beat adversity, physical hardship, and traumatic events, and emerged triumphantly. They're people just like you and me, and they're winners. Are you unstoppable? Here's Frankie to show you how. Hello there, and welcome to Mission Unstoppable. Did you see me earlier today? (laughs) I bet you did. Well, I'm back. I told you I'd be back. Today... This afternoon, I should say, my next guest is Paul S. Rogers. He is an Amazon best-selling author and his specialty is helping others to experience the power and journey to transform. Yes, he's a transformation expert. To remind you of somebody? He's also the director at core mentors association, a life coach, a trauma TBI, a PTSD mentor, a public speaking coach, an icky guy coach, a YouTube quantum leap trainer. Now, Paul, has used his professional experiences and four career changes to inspire and to guide folks. And he's almost reminds me of Benjamin Button. It's almost like he's living his life backwards instead of frontwards. It's kind of funny. Paul, I'm going to stop introducing you there because I, do, I really want to get into our meat and potatoes, if that's okay with you. And I said Benjamin Button because you started your career in Great Britain as, a, as an attorney, as a lawyer, as a barrister, and, and you know, then you go to kite surfing in the Caymans and then you go to teaching up on a Cree reservation in Northern Quebec and now you know you become a life coach and reminds me of my journey kind of it's kind of funny so you know it's the pinnacle you reach the pinnacle and you're going backwards for some people but I would say for you this is the pinnacle now
1: I I totally agree um and you know (laughs) it's such a smooth transition as you can see all in the same field (laughs) so um yes um and each tra- each sort of change is, uh, is demanded a new me, and I really like that. So uh, the pinchman button, and yeah, obviously I, I look entirely like Brad Pitt. So thank you for that compliment, uh, Brad. If you're looking, I'll be a stunt double.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> but yes, I mean, starting off as a commercial lawyer. Um, I kind of followed what society expects of you, which is you go to school, you get good grades, you go to university, get good grades, you go to law school, get a job and become a partner. And was your father
0: a lawyer? Sorry. Was anybody?
1: (laughs) Yes, he was. Um, was. (laughs) You you knew that was coming. Um, and he, I'd never wanted to practice in the same field as him because, um, I didn't want to be in his shadow because it's such an easy thing to, to yes. do that. So um, he, he worked in a very different era to me. I worked in commercial law, which is kind of the, um, the shark of the sharks. So um, we're not the most popular lawyers because we like to wear a big medallion and crush walnuts on our biceps. Um, yeah. and, <laughs> I know, I know. Humor? <laughs> and, um, you know, when I look back on myself now, I think if I met myself now, I'd be like, oh, my goodness, what are you doing? Um, and even though I was successful, I had all the trappings of wealth. I had the cars, the, the, you know, all the sort of the suits. Things. Yeah. I mean, so financially and materially, I was very wealthy, but I was actually bankrupt in lots of different areas. For my relationships, I was really, really unhappy. Um, and fairly lonely to be honest because you were
0: young weren't you too, you were almost too young to notice that you're were unhappy weren't you
1: yeah I mean I started in 1999 and I just popped straight out of sort of uh, law school and you go and do your training and then you qualify so yes I got made a partner super super young um and so the success came from that and um I I'm quotes. just
0: laughing. I'm just imagining you walking in there today with your dreads and going, Hey, I'm back.
1: <laughs> to be honest, I'd be like, who is this dude, and what's he doing in this office? So,
0: you don't belong
1: so, here. The reception be like, "Oh my God, there's a guy in here." You know, s- yeah. Security, there's a, there's a weird. <laughs> place, so. Exactly. Oh so, no! It, and I get asked this question when I say, "What's the advice you'd have given your younger self?" And I say, "Well, you know, relax and everything." And I get asked the question, "Would you listen to that?" And I said, "Not a chance. No way <laughs> would I. No. I would like. Who is this trampy guy giving me advice? Because kind of like most people when they're young they kind of think we know it all
0: absolutely
1: and we work out after a while looking back we like oh we didn't know anything but you know so it <laughs> i'm pleased i had the experience because actually it's given me a good foundation lots of skills i've taken forward yeah yeah
0: um,
1: so i'm pleased i did it and also i'm pleased to do it because then i realized what happiness actually then feels like And um, I like to say that my my thinking, my head got me to that point. But then after that, I stopped being in my head and started thinking with my intuition and my heart. Yeah. And I took and I I had a hobby of kite surfing at the time and I wasn't actually that good at it. But um, I thought this could be my way out. And so, but what was the day?
0: Let me ask you, what was the day you know you're sitting in the office or wherever you were, you have a client, I don't know, and you go, This is it, I'm done, I'm done, I'm, I'm going, taking my kite, and going to the Caymans?
1: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, there, <laughs> there was one guy who, um, he was a lawyer and we were negotiating, and I just kind of got tired of it, and I said, Listen this is just a game. And he said, oh, this is not a game, Mr. Rogers. Um, and anyone said Mr. Rogers, I kind of look behind me. Yeah. And it's like, you know, so Mr. Rogers. And um, I said, look, let me t- show you how much of a game this is. I'm going to say this. You're going to say that. I'm going to say this. And then you're going to go away and get some clients' instructions. Now tell me if I've got any of that wrong.
0: Right, yeah.
1: And he said, no. And I thought, if I've got to the point where I – the chess not, game is already yeah. outcome. And, is already, and I was like, I'm tired of this game. Um, I'm tired of how that's leaving me in my personal life. And that was kind of the moment where I thought, do you know what? And and of course there was a road and it's a real fork. You either carry on and you, you carry on for the partner and everything. Yeah. And my friends thought I was crazy. Of course the they time. did. And, and so they're like, well, why? And, um, Well, your
0: ego wasn't there with you. I mean, yeah, Yeah. for sure your friends were like, oh, are you kidding me, man? You got the car, you got the girls, you got the clothes, you got got everything. Why would you give that up?
1: And, you know, (laughs) nobody (laughs) understands that. (laughs) No, no. And, and Charles, what I, and when I look at my friends now, they're still lawyers and they're thinner on top and they're slightly wider around the middle. And what they say to me now is, I wish I had the courage to actually leave. Yeah. But now yeah. I'm stuck. I've got mortgages. I've got commitments. I can't now go even if I wanted to. And um, Untrue, but Yeah, well, it is untrue, but yeah, it, it kind of it gives people but a I lot of it. it gives people a lot of security if they feel yeah. that they don't
0: they, have it out. That
1: we can't even try. Right. Um and so I went from multi million pound deals to yeah. popping up kites on the beach. Yeah. It's crazy. And it was it was just like, Oh, this is, this is brilliant. Um, so that was kind of, and as a career transition, that was big. I mean, you, we already mentioned my father was a lawyer. Yeah. So what did dad say? Well, you know, just imagine the conversation and it's like dinner table. Okay. Oh, oh, okay dad, um, I'm going to quit the law. And he's like, okay. all right, oh, Okay. What are you going to do? I'm going to be a kite surfing instructor, and, he's
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we spent how much money for a call? Yeah,
1: exactly. And do you know, he's, and his response was priceless. He says, "Well, son, you're an arse, and now you're just about to become a bum." So,
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, wow!
1: <laughs> and you know, for the for the Europeans, bum, and for the American audience, means totally different yes. things. So, um, yeah. I, you know, basically a beach. Boy, and so, (laughs) so, and that was—I mean, he wasn't—he didn't say no or anything. He just said fine. And actually, he's—he's my best friend anyway. And mom—is mom still alive? Oh, mom's still alive. And to be honest, they—they were both kind of trailblazers. My my father—he—I was the first person who went to university out of our family. Okay. My father—he did it the the hard way, where he actually took correspondence classes after
0: wow, to become a and, lawyer and, wow yeah. and good he started
1: him. as the tea boy so he 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 made the tea for the bosses and he worked himself up to passing his exams i was running around and he used to fall asleep at his desk in in the in the lounge he then went to start on his own business and then he became a barrister and now he's a retired judge good for him so you good can for him. see you can see, and, and I think that's the hard way because floating off to university and having effectively... Yeah.
0: Oh, for sure. It's a hard way. Yeah. But, but it, I mean, it showed the tenacity is there for both of you. Now, do you have siblings? Uh,
1: yes. My, <laughs> my sister also went into the law and, uh, you know, we kind of lack a bit of imagination. <laughs> so <laughs> She went into the law and um, she did become a barrister whilst I remained a solicitor. And she worked up in London. So um, a barrister, a female barrister in London, it's kind of a male-dominated club. So she had to work twice as hard, sure. like most women do, to prove herself yeah. in a, a, a male-dominated world. And she did, she did um, family and childcare law, which was beautiful that's emotionally hard, hard. Yeah. i mean yeah. i did commercial so it was like no emotion let's just do a deal yeah um and now but she's got um, children's
0: lives in, in her hands and... exactly
1: so now she she's now she's a chef so she's gone off and good she she's she has she's just about to buy a little tea room in england so nice um, nice yeah. good for her how old is she She's three years younger than me, so um, I, I'm I'm level forty-seven. I don't like to say I'm age forty-seven. I'm now level forty-seven. Level
0: forty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> so, what house? <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It, it kind of makes me feel good about that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so it's interesting, you know, coaching. Is I'm a coach, your coach, and I, I taught coaching at the International Coach Academy, and I remember, like, you were a lawyer, and I remember having a student who was a um a neurosurgeon and I'm like you're going to trade neurosurgery to be a life coach (laughs) I'm like are you out of your mind but you know all these people were leaving these big careers law and, and all like yourself and becoming coaches and I thought what is it what like I mean I knew what it was for me but you know for them I'm like wow I mean I didn't really have a a career, like, I mean, I had a gazillion careers. I didn't have mm-hmm. um, one career, right? So it was, it was different for me, but cause you know, I love change and transformation. Um, but it was very, very interesting how, how, you know, they found their way there. And it was, it was like a big, ah, moment yeah, for them. Yeah. Right. A relief.
1: I mean, I mean, the saddest thing, and I, and I hear this a lot where they speak to people who have got towards the end of their career and they ask them, one, are you happy? And secondly, what would you have done? And it's very, very rare that they said, I am doing what I always wanted to do. Um, And actually in Japan, and this is really interesting, um, the retired people, they get to actually, when they get to a certain age, they get to go back and do what they wanted and serve other people. Oh, I like that. And so that's why when, if you go to Japan, you would see the people meeting you at the train station are the elderly population. And they course they they're passionate about what they do and that they love it. And so see, in
0: Mexico, <laughs> now in Mexico, the elderly people bag your groceries and they watch your car for you because there is no program like, like security program for them wealth wise or anything like that. And so it's like, I've watched your car for you. Yeah, yeah. I watched it while you are in the store. And then mm. give them a yeah, tip, yeah. right? Yeah. And give them a tip at the groceries for bagging. And it's so unfortunate. But I mean, this is where, where the elderly, in a lot of different places, but I love the idea that the elderly get to do that. And I tell you why I really like that. Because in, in my book, middle Life Mojo, I found that, that where people get to a point in their career where they've done it all, and, they, and what they haven't done is they haven't served others. Where, where they're going to feel good is, I feel like I need to give back and that's when they leave that career and go into coaching or go into whatever it is that they want to go into but it is always has an element if you're progressing along you know
1: i mean you're you're going to right and and um that's where the ikigai comes which is a Mm -hmm. japanese word and effectively you know there is no english translation it basically means what gets you up in the morning to go the work and it's all everyone's seen the venn diagram where yep. you have love what you do good at what you do get paid and the center is guy now that's what me i mean the, the studies have shown they live longer than most people because they've got that they've got their they're happy yeah exactly the happiness
0: We're, factor tick yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: and 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 that happiness is such it's such a life fulfilling thing and and it's so elusive for so many people. Well, it is, and 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 people think they've found happiness, and they they look for happiness outside of themselves. Correct. Yeah. And it's kind of like, and I love this analogy. You put the key of of happiness in somebody else's pocket, and you, that's that's something which you will never ever find it. Um, and uh, I'm a great fan of Wayne Dyer. Yeah. And he had this little story. If you, if if I can tell it quickly. Yeah, he, um, yeah lots of time. He, he um, there was a cat and a little kitten who was chasing his tail around and around and around, and he was trying to bite his tail. And so an alley cat walks up to him and says, uh, "What are you doing?" He said, "Well, I've been to, I've been to cat school, and I have learned that if I bite my tail, that's where the ha- that's where happiness is." And the alley cat says, "Wow." He said, well, I, I haven't been to cat school um, and my happiness is in my tail too. <laughs> what I have found is that happiness always follows behind me. And yeah. so it's not, you can't go to school and like, I am learning happiness. Right. It, it, it's, it's, and it's the kind of like chasing a rainbow. Every time you think you've got to it, it, disappears but actually- well it's kind of
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna bring your book out for a moment Your mm. um the first book um mm. because that book is that book is is about um being compassionate self-compassion you know and and i think hap the elusiveness of happiness is because we don't want to be compassionate and and allow it in our lives we're too busy doing other things, but if we allow it, then maybe we would have to make a change. And so I'm afraid of change. And so ergo, I don't do it.
1: And and you, you're right. It's kind of a, it's kind of one of those fluffy things which you think, Oh, well I get around to that. You know, you know, the sort of thing you put on your CD next to basket weaving, but you've never done it. And, um, actually the person who told me this, and it was a real waking up moment after my accident, um, I was seeing my my doctor, who bless her, who's followed me for the last two and a half, three years, and she said the only way you're going to get through this, Paul, is if you learn to develop some self compassion. And I remember at the time I was really disappointed because I was kind of hoping she was going to give me some pain meds.
0: Yeah and, yeah. and
1: so I was thinking, well, that's going to be really awkward to go up to the pharmacy and said. I'd like two bottles of self-compassion, please. And and they're like, yeah, okay, sorry, we're out of stock. But that journey into yourself, it's such an amazing thing because when you start, it's a a strange path. But what you then find is that you've got all these unopened presents, all these gifts you've given yourself in every hardship, everything you had to overcome. But you've been too busy focusing on the outside to actually realize you're all there, and that's when people like they they do unnatural strength. You know, women lift cars off of children, and well, things.
0: that's the adrenaline, I think. But I think what you're talking about is something a little bit different. And I don't think everybody gets there or goes there. Like, let's talk about your accident for a moment, and I'll and I'll draw the analogy after that. You, you, um, you can tell us about it. <laughs>
1: you, you know i wasn't that, there no 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 to me also, that's the clearest explanation i've had yet so um yeah my uh, my accident I, and two big traumas first of all i was diagnosed with skin cancer and i beaten that five when years. was
0: that five years ago
1: um yes that was 2014 so 15 they they finally got got it and i had to cut wow. it all out so i'm five years clear and counting on that which is Good. fantastic. thank
0: you yes <laughs>
1: But you'd think life had finished with me, but actually that was just a warm-up act for 2018 March.
0: Wait, wait, uh, I gotta stop you for one second. What were you doing then?
1: I was a teacher on a Cree reserve, and we were up north, north Quebec, so way, way up north. Okay. And we had a we had a rented house on the reserve, and we had our own house, sort of a few hours away. So I'd just finished a contract, so I was between contracts. Um, Our two-year-old at the time, we just picked him up from daycare. My wife was sat with my two-year-old in the back, and I had a beautiful great white husky malumet. And as we were driving back, we went over an unmanned crossing when a train hit the car. And it destroyed the car. It T-boned us effectively, taking us down the track. And it destroyed us. Um, my wife and I were to wake up 10 days later in ICU. Um, we, <laughs> I didn't know who I was for months and months and months. Um, and I had a crack, well, had a, a, a broken vert, um, C6. So just at the top of the neck, L3 and four, and a smashed skull, um, so that's a TBI and I had to go and look that up because I had no clue what that was. So a traumatic brain injury and funny enough on the severe side, um, it was so bad that my parents had got the call in England to come and turn my life support off.
0: What was the Glasgow that's... score? Three. Wow. Okay.
1: So um, <laughs> and it's one and two, forget it. And three is right on the bottom. Um, and I, it's kind of, Fun. I've got all these hospital cards, which I'd never remember visiting because each time they took me to a hospital, they had to stabilize me. Yeah. And move me so yes, the, the, sc- the score is very low and they didn't think I was going to survive. And so my parents then got on a plane, seven hours on a plane from England yeah, with a clock that's never going to move. And so being a parent myself, it just Tears my heart. So, they got to the hospital, and my wife woke up the day before I did. So, she asked the nurse, her, "What were
0: her injuries?"
1: Um, her injuries were she's got a traumatic. She had to. She, hers was more serious. She she had to have her skull removed, a large part of the. Oh room my god! To let the swelling yeah go down because it's it's a closed box. Um, hence, why she's taking a very different path same accident very different one yeah because mine was on the side and around the back of the neck and it's all carotid artery and everything they couldn't do that so they just had to let me swell and then come back down yeah so she came to my bed and she can't remember this but she sat and she talked to me for a few hours went back to her bed
0: and she knew who she was no oh she didn't know who she was either no but she came to talk to you
1: yeah where And um, when I eventually woke up, they were saying, um, your girlfriend is upstairs. (laughs) I said, I haven't got a girlfriend. I've got a wife. And of course, they thought that was really funny. And so I was like, no, I I don't know who this girlfriend is. (laughs) And so um, the next day when my parents arrived, the, the, the nurses and the doctors ran to them and said, he's awake. We didn't do anything. We changed none of his drugs you know why you are here. So we're just going to call this a miracle. Yeah. Now, when ICU workers start saying it's a miracle, you tend to sit up and listen. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of the, the start of the recovery. But something had changed when I woke up. I had this burning desire, even though I was really badly smashed up to help others. Yeah. And it sounds as corny and market. It's just the truth. And that's never going to stop. And now I find every possible way, whether it be speaking, whether it be books um, coaching, I just find ways to actually try and help and pay it forward because I was lucky enough to get another roll of the dice. Yeah. Um, And I have a lot of, I mean, I had a seven hour brain operation to effectively scoop out the, the bone fragments the really alert of your viewers, and and if you're listening to an audio land, I'm pointing at the right side of my face. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually paralysed because that's nerve seven. See, I know right. too much about my medical sure. stuff now.
0: Yeah,
1: um, and that started the journey.
0: And where was your baby? Where did she? No, where did he go?
1: <laughs> of course, mum and dad, as as were were out of it, so the police had to ring and our next of kin and my. My my sister-in-law is luckily a child psychologist. Oh. So they said, we're going to have to put him into care. And she said, that is not happening. I am going to get in the car and drive up. Now, we are five hours away from her. Where right. does she live? She lives in Sherbrooke in the eastern oh, Quebec. Okay. Days. And we live we up way up north. I mean... So is it, your wife French?
0: French-Canadian? Yep.
1: Yeah. Oh, She's okay. French-Canadian. Okay. So... um and now I, actually, I am now a French um, citizen. I had my ceremony a couple of weeks ago um, and and after seven years of doing stuff, I am now a quebecca so that's well,
0: congratulations thank you
1: exactly so um yeah i'm one of I'm one of those, so I'm one
0: of those now yeah.
1: um so she then was able to take him and look after him, and we didn't we couldn't see him for months because we were too ill and knowing that you have a son and not being able to see them and and we did it like an hour each day getting longer and longer it's really hard i mean when did
0: you get your memory back
1: i i would say I can't really remember very much of 2018, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I remember the pain because <laughs> pain is... Yeah.
0: pain is memorable for sure.
1: And, um, and this is something else which I, I've got to share with you and the listeners. I have had my first week of low pain since the accident so really i i I've, i'm delighted i mean they always say out of 10 what is it and, and at the moment it's about a three or a four good for
0: you I yeah
1: mean, i mean and i i
0: i hear you because i'm a chronic pain sufferer myself from my Jeez. accident and so i get it yeah
1: and, and you can't run away from it that's the thing
0: no but you can't tune into it either No, because no. it's, it's like what you have to keep it like white noise otherwise it's just going to like blah
1: exactly oh, and um i have now funnily enough i don't believe in coincidences that being run over by a train kind of does that to yeah, you yeah yeah no kidding
0: um
1: and but what i've found is and I, this realization came to me very recently the medical profession can't fix you they can manage you but they cannot fix you and especially when it comes to the mental side and i have kind of repaired myself. And I've used that to put things back, to try and build back um, synapses by reading, by exercising the mind.
0: Let me ask you about your wife. Mm. Um, Her injuries were similar kind of, brain injury. Mm. Um, What was her recovery like compared to
1: yours? It was a lot faster because the pressure got relieved straight away. She also didn't have any breaks. As well, okay. um, uh, whilst I was, she was sat in the back seat, so I effectively took the brunt of the blow, which is why I got so many big breaks.
0: Yeah,
1: there is also another reason why her injuries are a le- lot less. My husky malumet when the impact, you're
0: gonna make me cry. I read I it. you gonna make me cry. Into,
1: get get your get your tissues ready. He jumped over the back seat on to, to land on top of my wife and son. Now, he was a big dog. He saved their lives, and he gave his at the same time. Yeah. And, and, I, and I tell that story not for a pity party, but to show that even in the depths of destruction and dark and no hope, there is always a story of hope, Love, compassion, and beauty. If you're willing to look well, for I'm
0: glad it. I didn't have my mug that's I have a mug with a, a movie camera on it. And it says, I don't care who dies as long as a dog lives. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and, and unfortunately, he and
0: yeah, the well, part of why and that's
1: why that's why I titled my books The White Wolf Way because it's kind of my love letter yeah. and my thank you note to him.
0: Okay, but why Kate Summers? Uh huh, why Kate
1: well you know that's a very good question the answer is dead tr- dead straight and uh, if if you think it's woo woo that's not my problem when i was in these early stages of what i didn't really know what was going on a female presence came forward and i now know that to be channeling and she has been with me ever since and she's been actually largely responsible for actually my miraculous recovery because by all accounts I should not be able to do everything I shouldn't be able to talk and everything else and to be honest to start with it scared me and so what I decided to do is embrace it so I gave this presence a name Kate I created a profile I gave it a picture and it's a pretty picture because you know I like Pretty girl, so that's fine. <laughs> and she wrote these books, and because at the time I was completely out of it, and I've written five actually, and oh, those okay. two are published, and the third one I'm going to be bringing out very shortly. So I can't take credit for that. I can. I get it. Uh, yeah. So, um, and that's why um, you know that they're free or ninety nine cents because it's not. It's just a message. And, and the good news is, you know, the, the first book is an Amazon bestseller. All that tells me is that it's going to people who need to see it. And, you know, it's not an ego thing. It just means that the right people are getting hold of it. And
0: let me ask you this. Do you think that you went through the dark night of the soul in the hospital? Would you say that you, you went through that?
1: Um, yes. And, uh, the reason I'm hesitating is because, um, I've been asked a similar question of, well, what's it like? Do you see the big bright light? And um,
0: I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about being near death. I'm okay. talking about Dark Night of the Soul, which is, I, I think, I mean, I went through that. I was in the hospital six months too. I was I was t-boned by a car. I was on a motorcycle, so you, yeah, not the same as a train, but. <laughs> Well, i had nothing around me
1: relatively speaking because I, I had a nice metal case around me so. Yeah.
0: so you know and i know i went through the dark night of the soul and i know that you know like my book was totally channeled i just read it yesterday again after years and i'm like holy crap that's an amazing book i didn't but i didn't write that yeah. um but going and and just everything that was me was was taken away right you know i was a I worked for the government and i was a drummer in a band and i was on the national dragon boat team and uh i the only thing that stayed was i was a mom but Mm. you know i divorced my husband lost my job lost everything in in the hospital and it's like okay so you're none of those things you learn that you're not any of that stuff Mm. Uh, but who are you your soul right but who who does what does she do so when i you know when i came out i too was like you i just i had to go and i mean I'm in the hospital. I got two broken femurs, hip, pelvis, everything. And they're, go- and they're going, could you go help that person over there? Because they yeah. don't want to do their therapy, right? Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, okay. Like I'm laying down, I'm like swimming over there, you know, and, and and you have a chat. And, you know, the girl next to me broke her fingernail. She was screaming. I go, what happened? I <laughs> broke my fingernail. I'm like, okay, like, let's keep this relative, okay? <laughs> I mean, it was insane. And, and so I hear you because I think, it's a similar experience. It's like, why were we so positive in our recovery, helping all these people when we were so badly off, like 10 times worse than anybody else. And, and yet here we are, like, I gave a speech at the rehab, you know, before I, I mean, I was doing all like you and it's kind of like, okay. And I think, you know, it's horrible to say and, and cause I felt the same thing about me. The universe was calling and we didn't listen. And, yes. and I think what happened, you know, like they meant to get you with a baseball bat and they hit me with a tree trunk and the similar to you, you know, it was, it was like, Oh, now you're going to listen. Cause now you're going to be in a hospital for a really long time and hear what we have to say.
1: And Kate, and, Kate
0: came through and whoever came through and now you're going to hear it. And now we're going to prepare you for what's next.
1: Exactly. But <laughs> you said it so beautifully there, to be honest. And, 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 and so eloquently, I'm gonna sort of fumble around and try to do no, this just as well. So. I mean, I really do believe that when you your soul tells you something and you have the choice, we always have a choice. Yeah. We all and even when we don't think we have, you either listen to it or you don't. And I really do believe if you listen to it, it looks after you. It starts to give you energy and it starts to give you things which actually other people don't seem to have. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I really, and another thing is one of the things, and this is, this is me (laughs) confessing on a selfish point of view. Every time I feel I help someone, I get a little tiny piece of healing back.
0: Yeah.
1: And my life was gone. Um, And proper, proper gone. I mean, it's a question of you blink it's gone. Yeah. And, I I was just about I was training as a whitewater rafting guide, so I was just about to go to North Carolina to do my whitewater rescue exam. We were packed. We were. You could ready have done to that go. in Ottawa. <laughs> <laughs> I could have done it in a lot of places. <laughs> Not, I mean, North Carolina in March. I mean, that tests the metal. So um, yeah. So we were we were packed. We planned our journey and everything. And this is this is going to be a real universal le- telling you something lesson on the day which we would have been driving down because we had all our motels books, there was a, well, the weather bomb and they shut the state on the road, which we would have been on at that time. There was a hundred car pileup. Wow. So that, and we can cross and we've got yeah. cross reference. So yeah. it's true. And, and another thing where my injuries are, I shouldn't even be able to speak. But I've never had any issue, you can hear, you have never had any issue about talking and I, by all accounts, sound fairly yeah, coherent. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's for a reason, like you say, it's a purpose. And I really do believe and I now feel very, very happy and I actually thank what happened because it's given me my strength and it's given me a purpose and adversity does that to you, and you still have that choice. Sometimes. Sometimes.
0: Well, the the lessons from adversity are, okay, you're stronger than you knew you thought you were. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, people go, oh, I could never do that. You don't know what you can do until you're facing it. Exactly. Right? Uh, so it's a big lesson there. Uh, you know, not everybody, some people are going to become martyrs. Some people are going to, you know, just shrivel up and... Yep. And some people are going to go out there and try to change the world. Yep. And you don't know who you're going to be until it happens.
1: There there is no warning. There is nothing. And I could easily, even today, I mean, I have pain today. And like I do every day, I could easily just go and lay down and not get up again. So every single day, there is a choice. and. I now keep a gratitude diary. And it's, my gratitude is very simple. It's like, I'm pleased that I'm still doing this and I've got my fight in me. And, um, that, <laughs> that's kind of something which you, you can only understand it. If you've been there, it's kind of like trying to explain to somebody what's feeling, being in love. Like,
0: yeah. Yeah. And, but I mean, like for you, 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 it's like, okay, God, like cancer. That wasn't enough. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that wasn't good enough for you. Yeah, now I, mean, I got hit by a car or a truck or a train. You know, it's like, whoa, like, whoa, okay. I get it. I hear you now. Uh it's crazy.
1: It's crazy. Well, you see, that's why being a transformation expert, I've got I've got plenty of experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I always think you can't teach what you don't know and you can't lead where you won't go. And so I and yeah, I, I'm, I'm here. I'm, and this is not something, oh, I'm going to do this. And if it doesn't work out, I'm going to get another job. This is it. This is what I'm doing until I am no longer here. So Okay.
0: So I got to ask the question that everybody wants to know, why the dreads? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good question. Um, <laughs> you, on your flyer, you'll see that I am the corporate thing with my short spiky hair.
0: That's why I did that.
1: Yeah, I know. It's, it, it's a really graphic illustration.
0: and The transformation yeah, of, of you.
1: Yeah, I mean, what a dress. First of all, I grew my hair long because I thought that was just, it was kind of like, that's something I always wanted to do. Yeah. Now, kite surfing is great, but there's a lot of wind because that's what you need. And I kind of found that the hair just wrapped around my face all the time. So, And my hair kept going into knots. And I thought in the end, well, why not just let it do what it wants to do? And these now have been in for 10 years. And, and um, and usually the next question is, do you sell drugs? No. Mm. Uh, And, and do they smell? How do you wash your hair? And I usually say with soap and water, that's how I wash my hair. And it's no different to washing long hair. It just takes like a day and a half to dry out. Um, but you know, it's, it's now so much a part of me. Um, Actually, you know, and and another way, that's how people recognise me. Yeah. So when I'm doing what it is, they say, "Oh, it's the guy with the dreads." They won't remember my name. I don't mind that. It's just that they they may not even remember the message, but they will remember some hair. Yes. <laughs> and hey, you know. Hey, you nice, with the hair. How nice to remember for your hair. <laughs> How's
0: your son today?
1: He he has um some separation and anxiety. He always wants to make sure that we're well. So he wants to look after us. As, as, which is, it's wonderful. I, and the other day I went to Walmart on the weekend, which everyone knows is crazier than a bucket of frogs. And um, I was with him and I have to wear earbuds whenever I go out. Cause I noises and crowds and things, they, they yeah. just send me into a real problem. And he was holding my hand and I thought, who's leading who here? Is he actually looking after me or am I looking after him? And we took, we took him to a, and wonderfully my daughter, my sister-in-law is a child psychologist, so he didn't draw all the nasty things, but there will come a time in his life when he will have some issue. And when he goes back and he, somebody talks to him, they will take him back to when he's two and then they'll, and he'll come and ask us, what happened when I was two, and then we'll tell him, do you have
0: another dog uh,
1: no i do you know i I tried and and what I do instead this is kind of a compromise every friday I go and and volunteer at the local um pet refuge, so yeah. I get to walk all these different types of dogs, and for me, I love that because actually it's something which something it touches me but yeah he was such a personality that
0: there's no replacing ever I
1: I just don't think I don't there's so much love
0: for you know yeah
1: and and so I just I'm sorry no 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 it's it's he's a hero yeah I'm very proud of him yeah and and so in a way that's very big shoes to fill.
0: You know, it's unfortunate. My dog didn't die as, as a hero, but I had a couple of dogs. But when I got home from the hospital after six months, three days later, my dog got out and died. And it was like, like you're, you know, you, you wind it back and it's like a, a country song, right? Yeah. The yeah. dog died, you know, oh, let's, the dog's now alive, you know. Yeah. And, and, then the, and then the rod in my leg broke. And I have a broken leg for a year because I couldn't get you into uh, no operating Theaters available.
1: So you know, we, we could sing fantastic <laughs> blues songs because we've got so much material. Like, I had cancer, diding, diding, yeah, yeah, no, and then, the dog, died, and then the dog died. I
0: lost my job. You know, <laughs> guys came and took all their gear. Like, yeah. that was surprising. Oh, oh, oh. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. But and, we're still here. We're yeah, still driving. And, and
1: and that's kind of why for you, the mission unstoppable, I, you know, yeah. it, it, it's you, it's not, a. Uh, it, it, it,
0: Actually, it's... I didn't even come up with unstoppable. When, when I was teaching at the, at the academy, one of the teachers, she said, one of the coach teachers, she said to me, she, I, I don't know, I said something about being in pain. She goes, what do you mean you're in pain? I go, oh yeah, I was in this motorcycle accident and like, I just got all this chronic pain. And she goes, what? She goes, I don't hear it in your voice. mm." right? Because we taught over the phone kind of thing, right? Mm. Online. And I go, yeah, no, I I don't talk. Yeah. What am I going to go? Oh my God, I get a, uh, how do you be a coach like that? Right? No, no, no. So she goes, you're unstoppable. And I, I thought, okay, I'm going to take that. And as a mantra, because if you're going to have to say something to yourself every day, mm. I'm unstoppable. is pretty damn good when you're in recovery. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And that That is really your North star, isn't it? Yeah,
0: uh, yeah, yeah. And and, I, and then, but it, it came back at me because, you know, my kids will now say like, oh, I thought you were unstoppable. I go, listen, <laughs> I don't want to be unstoppable in
1: every area of my life, okay? I. It, it's so it's so depressing when you hear your own words thrown back I know, at you. I know. And, and I, I had something very similar very recently. I was giving a talk to, on a men's mental health summit and I said, look – you guys need to find your voices, that is the most powerful thing you can give. And I thought, what a great idea for a public speaking course find your voice, so yeah. and so I, I now run that because I want people to heal, tell people their other story, and it's amazing how these things just just happen, and you think, oh, that's, that's, that works." so um But you
0: know what, Paul, I think there, there came a day for me and maybe it's over. I don't know, but there were, there came a day where I didn't want to tell my story anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was kind of like, I'm bored. It bores me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not who I am.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's something I went through. Right. But it's not who I am anymore. And, uh, but there are parts of it that are so important that you almost have to keep telling it. Like yeah. I, I, I asked you about your experience. Um, because for me, after, after the accident, uh, I used to have to go to the hospital because the insurance companies would make you go for these DACs and stuff. Right. Mm. And they put me on this table and they started measuring my scars. Not hello, Ms. hello, Frankie. How are you? No, none of that just came in. Oh yeah. The, that one's 30 inches. Okay. Yeah. How, how much was that one? Okay. Never once talked to me like I was a human being. No. And then they had the audacity and I just wondered, God, if you were a woman, couldn't even imagine it. <laughs> the guy said to me, um, yeah, you know, I wouldn't date if I were you because like your commodity as a woman is depleted by 30%. Oh my God. Not the first doctor to tell me that. Two doctors kind of said something very similar. And I thought, oh my God, for, what gives you the right to talk yeah. to me that way? Secondly, like I'm like depressed, like crazy. Yeah, like, there's you need to Just knock me at while point. I'm down, why don't you?
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I had something where I had to go and see the um, insurers and I soon worked out that I wasn't the patient. It was the insurance company was the patient. I just presented the body. And my file is pretty thick, as you can imagine. And he, and he said, so what happened? And I was like, have you read the file? Nope. "Yeah." And, and so then I had to spend the rest of the time. So why aren't you working? And I was like, seriously? Seriously? And he was like, why? You tell me. And, and, and I had to fight and convince somebody. And that's kind of the worst thing. It's invisible.
0: You have to convince them that you're something wrong with you, however, in Canada, you had brain injury, so you were catastrophic. I was also catastrophic, but Absolutely. my catastrophic was a lot different because I didn't have a brain injury. Mm. 60% of my body had to be affected to get catastrophic, and it was. And so, we're both catastrophic in a different way, but with brain injury, at least, like, oh, he had a brain injury, right? No, but you're still proving. Like, you don't want to sit there and prove how how fucked up you are. Yeah. Like, read the damn file. I got, look at all the x-rays and shit. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I cut off metal detectors. Like, why do I have to prove that it hurts more than it does, you know?
1: And I, right. I've found it's harder to prove that you're well than it is to prove you're unwell. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of like confirming a negative. Yeah. And And, and so that is when I get bored of telling my story because they want me to define myself by the story. But at and- the
0: same time, like I think what, what happens with those people who get, you know, in, in um, at work with workmen's compensation and stuff, if they would just allow, allow them to be validated, I think if they just said to these people, you know what, you are hurt. I can see that yeah. you're hurt. They wouldn't try to fake it. They wouldn't try to milk the system, but somebody saying you're not hurt, go to work. Yeah. And so, like, no, I really do hurt my back, my back, you know. If they would just say, We can see that you're hurt, they would move on with their life. I'm convinced of it.
1: No, I think you're entirely right because it's a destructive way. Yeah. It's almost like, look, pull yourself together type approach. Well, motivation is not the issue. It certainly wasn't for me, in fact. No, me neither. It was kind of I I mean, I remember telling my doctor, it's like I just woken up. I, I can't be here. I've got to go off and do my whitewater rafting. And she sat there like, okay. And so, you know, it, it's... It like I say, i got to
0: go jump from an airplane now. <laughs>
1: yeah, do you, yeah, I mean, to be honest, you know, you get to the point, and, and this is a real conflict, um, consciously. And so the, the conscious part is scared of nothing. Yeah. My subconscious is scared of everything. So yeah. it's, it's kind of, it's a very, it's Jekyll and Hyde on that. Yeah, um, yeah, I get that. And, and i and just going back to what you said about telling your story. I, I, the reason why I would like telling my story is because I like to tell people the lessons, not yes. the story, but what I've learned yeah. and how that helps. The story is just a vehicle yeah. to show people the lesson. And people are not their stories. They are the lessons they've learned.
0: Yeah, no, I hear you on that. And I didn't mean to disrespect you on your story, or oh, no, say no, no, no don't no. go out and tell your story. Oh, yeah. I just I just you know I, I I think you get to a healing place, and it kind of for me it felt like it was going to hold me back now yeah. to no, to be I, that person. You know, I, I, does, does that I make totally
1: sense? Yeah. No, no, it does. And and, and don't worry, no res- disrespect was taken. It's just um, it, I had a student this morning. I mean, I invited uh,
0: you to tell your story. I'm like, <laughs> to say don't tell
1: your story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wait. Do you want me to tell the thing or not? So. Uh, <laughs> 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 you asked for that um and um and and she was like no 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 i said listen i don't want in the best one in the world i don't not really that interested in your story i'm interested in what you learn yeah, yeah. and and she was like oh yeah and it, for her it turned a light bulb on yeah and so it's i think that's one thing that people they and it's not their fault; they kind of get live in their heads because that's the only place they may find sanctuary, yeah, yeah. um so yeah, what a fascinating subject
0: <laughs> it really is it really is, well, you know, I think it's um a testament to your strength and, and, and your humor. And I mean, it's, it's all intact, which is great. I'm really, Mm. really happy for you. (laughs) And I'm really happy that, you know, you're here and you're able to help other people Mm. and wanting to help other people, which is, you know, also really great. And if people are listening and they take something away from this, you know, it really is that we are, we have no idea what we're capable of until we are presented with it
1: and and that's why people say oh i don't know how you do it well to to large extent i can't give you a simple answer oh it's because i drink x number of it it's it's literally cuz i refuse to be i refuse to stop and give in that is yeah. not that is not how my story is going to end
0: yeah yeah you know i had a friend who who was in a motorcycle accident too and he he was in Reader's Digest because his um, his Glasgow scale was zero. He was a tree trunk. Oh, oh wow. And they called the parents, and they said, you know, come down. He's, we're going to take him off life support. Mm. And they did, and he lived. And he actually – he couldn't speak or do anything at the beginning. But, you know, around his apartment were notes, my name is, and I do this, and whatever. And he ended up getting a Master's of Education after that. Absolutely,
1: that, incredible. that absolutely incredible. Absolutely that, incredible. He was a, a teacher. That's a beautiful, beautiful story. And – yeah. What that just shows is it's not the end. And we, as a species, we're very adaptable. I mean, and, you know, effect we crawled out of the water, X number of years ago, and now we use a smartphone. We've got more technology than NASA had to send a rocket to the moon.
0: But I'm going to tell you, the the rest of that story was that he was a volunteer at St. Michael's Hospital in Toronto, which is a trauma center. Mm. And he called me down. He said, could you come down here? Because there was a girl, she had... Injuries, very, very similar to you. She was a snowmobile racer and the track came off her snowmobile at 200 miles an hour. So I said, okay. And I, I had a driver at the time and, and Jack took me down there and uh, I met with her husband. And I was only a month or two out of the hospital myself. Mm. And, and so I talked to her, hospital and her husband and he goes, well, um, who's helping you? And I go, nobody. <laughs> he goes, you don't have a man helping you? I go, no. Do I need a man to help me? And he goes, Well, I just can't even imagine how you could do this without somebody helping you, a man, you know, like to do these things for you. <laughs>
1: like, well, I'm really glad your wife has you. Yeah, no, but <laughs> and
0: she'll be fine. <laughs> you know, you see,
1: that, that's just a projection onto you. That's not, that's, <laughs> he's just showing his weaknesses rather than yours. And, you know, people, I mean, your light, people like that, they're the thing which the beacons which people we need they we can help others we have that gift yeah and and that's why you do what you do yeah
0: yeah yeah Um, you know that's the thing it's like we can't do anything for you physically you have to do that work yourself we can motivate and we can inspire and we can say hey we've been on that side and we know and you can get over here but you have to be willing to do that and you can't do it and i think the the real lesson i learned was that you know uh, trying was lying and, and that, that you either do it or you don't do it. You can't, mm. Oh, I'm trying. No, you do it or you don't do it. And that's the end of it.
1: Do you know what? I, I can't help think of Yoda at that bit there. I know, I know. A bit, a bit of Yoda wisdom coming in there, which I, which I, I am completely fine with, <laughs> <laughs> but no, there, you know, there is, um, there's so much, and, and you know, and the best will in the world. Some of the things which people think are problems are not. There are a lot of mistakes and 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 if there's something out of your control, don't worry about it. If there's something in your control, do something about it. So, you know. (laughs) Well,
0: that's what Wayne Dyer said, right? I mean, Wayne said, if you're watching the news and you can't do anything about it, turn off the TV and don't be upset because you can't do anything about it. Like you shouldn't even be watching it. So it really is that. If you can do something, do it. And if you can't, no fault of your own
1: yeah no and to point, i i've got really into this wayne dyer for me is i i wish i could have met him because um and i listen to the audio so i actually have his great, and he's really funny as well yeah, he's yeah. like his jokes are i mean the cat joke was was really funny so
0: um and actually my friend who had the motorcycle accident huge wayne dyer fan yeah huge too he we actually got him up on stage a couple of times but that's just yeah but it's funny that the two of you are like hmm. We'll yeah, see how to no, go. I mean,
1: too much. I think you find something, and once you find something, you and and I've swapped my physical stuff, which I was doing now, I've swapped it for mental reading and helping. And and to us, I don't feel like how not... are
0: you physically? Like, can you walk okay? Can you um,
1: <laughs> um, balance a, 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 not particularly well, um. I mean, I went to the hospital yesterday and they are just about to stick me with fifty Botox injections in the face, neck and For everything the else. for a pain? Yeah. Um, so you know, that was a delight because I went in there very naive and thought, well, okay, just one in the back and it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, you know but can that, you walk okay? Can you like
1: Yeah, I mean my motor function when I first I couldn't walk. I had to teach yeah. myself and and this is gonna sound very strange sometimes when i am walking i forget how to do it and then yeah. i suddenly feel like um really i mean i i had to hold on to walls and i still do that um, makes sense though and um so and a, a doctor recently said i was oh i think i'm going backwards and i'm not a king." he said listen you haven't even got to the. you're you a
0: benjamin button <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> exactly he said you're still going up so you haven't slipped back as part of your recovery
0: yeah. So, what do you want people to know? We're gonna. We're almost out of time. But what do you want people to know?
1: Um, to trust themselves, to take that very brave step of not getting instant gratification outside, but actually go for what the real happiness and the real strength, and the real choice, which is inside. And how can they get in touch with you? They have to get it by. Um, <laughs> There's no right or wrong way, and I know, I know where you're going with it. There's no right or wrong way, but if you are able to hang on to something which guides you, which you've, works for you, it can be books, it can be listening, it could be take it. Take it and use it. I, I use Wayne Dyer. I use my books. No, so
0: how can they get in touch with you, Paul? Oh,
1: how to get in touch with me? Oh, well, that's easy. Um, Paul S. Rogers on LinkedIn, because there's, there's who knows there's hundreds of Paul Rogers. I never knew I was that popular. And then I've got a website, takeactionacademy.ca, because I'm up in Canada. And my email, paul at takeactionacademy.ca.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Facebook friends, thank you. Goodbye. Please share this wide when when I put it back out again so that uh, everybody can hear the brilliance of Paul S. Rogers, (laughs) Esquire. I'm gonna say goodbye to Facebook. Let's go take off Facebook for a moment. I'm gonna stop the live stream. There we go. I'm just gonna stop our recording.